Welcome, Nexus Church family online to our series, When the Spirit Moves. Over the course of this series, we're taking a look at just what it looks like practically when we submit to the Spirit of God. And through the book of Mark, Jesus gives us very practical, hands-on ways that we can follow Him. And so over the course of these few weeks, we're going to be digging in in ways that you can apply in your life how to live for Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you would like more information, you can go to our website, nexuschurchmn.com. You can look us up on Facebook. You can message us, and we would love to get connected with you. Enjoy today's message. Welcome, Nexus Church family, to our first week in our series, When the Spirit Moves. Now, today we're taking a look at a very interesting, maybe um, maybe a thing that you wouldn't associate with the Spirit moving, and that is the word renewal, being renewed. Now, for me, I think of renewal as a place. Maybe you do too. You find renewal in relaxation, in vacation, in maybe uh, your cabin, or maybe you're reading a book. There's so many different ways that we can find renewal. For me personally, I think of my own house. I think of sitting in my backyard, looking out across our pond and river, and just being in nature. Maybe working a little bit around the house, getting things done, not being pressured or rushed, but just being in the presence of God in nature and feeling that, that sense of beauty and awe of what he has created. I love it. It renews me. It encourages me. And, and, and so today, we're not trying to say that those things aren't an aspect of renewal. Uh, we should find renewal in things that that get us relaxed and recharged. But today we're going to be taking a look at what I believe, and I think after reading Scripture, I think you will, you will come to agree, at least in part, that full renewal, uh, spiritual renewal, the kind of renewal that God has for us, though ultimately it is found in heaven, and you can read that in Corinthians, and Paul, uh, he unpacks it there, but at least on earth, God has renewal for us here, and it is found when we are in the presence of others, together in Christ, serving the King. I believe that is where we find ultimate renewal. And so let's look in the book of Mark, and this is going to be in Mark chapter 3, uh, verses uh, 20 through 35. And if you're following along, uh, if you can, uh, I am reading from the CSB version, uh, Christian Standard Bible. And uh, if you want to follow along, I will pause just for a moment so that you can follow along with me. Now, this passage, uh, Jesus just gets done, of course, with doing so many things. If, if you followed along with us as we've gone through the book of Mark, uh, you've come to find really quickly that Mark is all about action. It is constantly packed with Jesus 
doing things, healing people, uh, raising people from the dead, uh, casting out demons. Like he is constantly moving, calling people to follow him and to, to do great things for him. And so this passage finds him coming back home. He comes back home to his family. And as we will see very shortly, he, uh, he isn't necessarily welcomed all that much when he comes home. And then he does something about it. So let's read Mark chapter 3, verse 20. And Jesus entered a house, and the crowd gathered again so that they were not even able to eat. When his family heard this, they set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind the scribes who had come down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. <laughs> like, what does that mean? And so he summoned them, right? He's like, all right, this is ridiculous. These guys are nuts. <laughs> and he spoke to them in a parable. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is finished. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he plunders his house. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. Because they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. So now his mom and brothers come and stand outside. And so they sent word to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him. And told him, look, your mother, your brothers, and your sisters are outside asking for you. He replied to them, who are my mother and my brothers? Looking at those sitting in a circle around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Now, there is so much to unpack. In this passage, we, we kind of have Mark sandwiching the story with interaction between his mom and brothers and sisters, and then we have this weird little interchange between him and, and these religious teachers again, these religious elites, as I keep calling them, because you sometimes have scribes, you sometimes have Sadducees, you sometimes have Pharisees, and then people all over the place, right? And so these are just those religious theologians and, and, and people who had power and authority in Jesus' day. So I just call them elites. Well, he begins, right? And his mom... And siblings are there. And they, they say, is he out of his mind? I'm sure they've heard all the things that he has done and all the commotion he's risen. And everywhere he goes, these religious elites are after him and, and about ready to take his life. Now, we don't know exactly why they say he's out of his mind, but we can assume that they're concerned for him, right? As any parent or sibling should, they're concerned. 
They're concerned that if Jesus continues to do this, continues to draw this crowd, continues to to have people fill everywhere he goes, that eventually this is going to lead him to be cast out or killed. So they're concerned for him. But they truly are not in line with where Jesus is. And, of course, their concern is fulfilled when these religious elites come and they start attacking Jesus and calling him this, this Satan, demon-possessed man, right? They, they say he's the, the Lord of the flies as they, they refer to him in this term, Beelzebul, the Lord of the flies. He is the, the king or the prince of the evil, in a sense, is what they're saying. And so that Jesus is like, well, guys, this, this isn't making sense. You're, you're, you're saying that I am a, a ruler of evil. I am a, a prince of flies or a prince of demons. How can it be, a wise ones, can it be that, that the ruler or the prince of demons, is against himself. Why would somebody cast out himself? That, that, that can't happen. You see, a, a kingdom divided destroys. There, there is no way that Satan can be against himself. It will self-destruct. But, Spirit of unity empowers. You see, Jesus was just absolutely pointedly telling them that there is no way logic works with your statement. And then he goes on and, and, and he just continues to just drive home this point that he is indeed from God and from all we can tell in this interchange, they leave him alone. They leave him alone. Well, then, enter back onto the scene, Jesus' family, right? So we have this interchange. They, they come. They say he's out of his mind. They're ready to take him away so that he can be safe and, and away from all the trouble. And then the, the religious elite come in, and they push them out of the way, and they have their moment of of conflict with Jesus once again, and he silences them, and they leave. And once again, Jesus' family is there. And so the crowd cries out, here are your brothers, sisters, and mother. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, who are my Mother and brothers. It's a hard statement. It wasn't to put his family down, say that they don't matter. That's not what Jesus is saying here. And, and, and I know some people have taken that passage to mean that, and that's not what Jesus is saying here. Rather, he went home find renewal, to find connection again 
with his family. He's been out working and, and being with people around the, the countryside. He's worked hard, gave himself, and he comes back home. How many people go back home for a sense of, I can relax, connect, catch up on stories, see, see new family members, maybe new nieces and nephews, and, and, and see what people I've been up to and all the good things that have happened since I've been gone, right? It, it's coming back home, and he enters to his brothers and sisters and mom, confronting him, telling him he needs to stop. They may have been physically related. Sure, we're not spiritually connected. They didn't see what Jesus saw. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't believe that he truly was the Savior at this point yet, at least. They weren't spiritually connected. And so here's Jesus saying, what do I do? He's human just like you and I. He went home to find connection and he found that he had become further and further away from his family. Spiritual connection is so important. And if, if you, you have family members who have drifted spiritually, you understand how that feels. It's a pit. It's deep sadness. It's a loss of connection. And then Jesus continues and says, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. He looks around. He says, hey, these are the guys. These are the guys that I've found renewal with, that I've found connection with. Now, again, Jesus isn't looking at, at, at his family sitting there at the entrance and saying, I despise you. I reject you. You are no longer my family, right? We, we know this because in, in John 19, 25, 27, we, we, we see Jesus up on the cross, and in one of his last words he says is to John, the writer of the book, and he says, take care of my mom. You are her son now. Take care of her. He values his family. He wasn't throwing them out. But in this moment, Jesus fully understood that his connection was not with them. His renewal wasn't going to be found with them. It was going to be found with those who understood and received the message and were willing to go with him and serve with him. It's important that we remember Jesus values family, but ultimately renewal that comes from connection occurs with those who were connected with spiritually. I've experienced this twice in my life where I've found two particular individuals that have deeply deeply impacted my life, where I have found that when, I'm, when I was in their presence, I found renewal. I found 
trust. I found connection. I found this, this, this sense that it was good. I was encouraged. I was challenged. I received well, and I gave well, and I, and I was empowered by them. There was power. And the first one came when I was first set up in ministry. I was a young man, just out of high school, newly married, and we started attending a church plant where a man who was their youth and children's pastor served. And through time together, time ministering to kids, and time connecting outside of church where we would develop our, our gifts and strengths together, and we would, we would have fun together, but it was for a purpose. We were connected and another man that I had deep connection with was my pastor at the second church plant that we were a part of where I was the children's pastor and we served together. We did life together. That led to deep connection. But for both of those men, though I dearly love them to this day, when they left or when I left, that connection was lost. It wasn't the same. And here's the point I'm trying to make today, is if you want to find deep connection that leads to renewal, what you are looking for, I, I, I can't tell you this enough today, you need to find people that you connect with, that you can serve with. Connection that leads to renewal is occurs when you are connected and serve Christ. You serve his kingdom. We see this in the book of Acts, Acts 4, 32 and 33. Right? This is the new church. You know, day of Pentecost was just two chapters earlier. And, and Peter gets up and he preaches and thousands, right, of people are changed and come to the faith. And then they start coming together and they're trying to figure out, what do we do with thousands of people? How do we, how do, we do this? Like, we've never had this before. We don't have this connection. We, we went from 12 people to a couple hundred people. Now we're in the thousands. And so they started gathering together, meeting, reading God's word, praying. Eating, sleeping, doing the basics. And we get to Acts 4, 32 and 33, and we kind of get the summary of it all. And we read, the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they had held everything in common. Here's what I loved about this passage in verse 33, we read, with great power, the apostles. Now, we're all called to be God's hands and feet today, right? This isn't just relegated for the apostles that were there now. This is for everybody. The apostles, us, were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. There was something that was starting to happen. They were serving together. Together, they were going out and doing the work to build the kingdom of God. 
And when that happened, they became one mind. There is something that has happened in our culture that I believe is destroying not just Christianity, but is destroying our culture. And I believe that it is all grounded in the fact that we are disconnected from one another. We find connection through social media, but it's not the same as through being together and serving together. That is the ultimate epitome of what it means to connect and to find ultimate renewal. I believe one of the reasons why we have so much anxiety, so much depression, so much internal turmoil inside of so many people, good people, people that you would never think in a million years would be struggling or could ever struggle because there's just those people that are strong are coming out and being honest and saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can make it another day. Why is that? because they've lost connection with a group of people that are connected together in Christ's kingdom, serving him. And I challenge you, I know how hard it is because I struggle incredibly in this area. I have a hard time connecting with people. It is part of my personal introverted issues that I struggle with, and I know there's a lot of people like me out there. And so this this message might just be for a few of you today, but I want to tell you, if you want to have connection, if you want to have renewal, if you want to have a mind of Christ, if you want to find freedom and find connection that, that you just have lost and don't even know what it looks like anymore. I want to give you three just ideas or thoughts for you to consider today. The first one is find a person in your life who has a passion for Jesus. You gotta have it. Friends, I don't, I don't say that flippantly. I don't say that because other people don't get it. I'm just saying that That's the foundation of connection. It's the foundation of who we are. You have got to find a person who has a passion for Jesus. Doesn't just believe in Jesus or go to church. No, they desire Jesus. It's core, it's foundation. Second thought, just don't... Assume because they have a passion for Jesus that you will connect with them. Now, I'm not saying to write a person off, but take it slow is what I'm trying to say. Because sometimes just because you don't find connection right away doesn't mean that person isn't important and isn't one that you could find a connection and eventual renewal. But take it slow. Don't don't have expectations that all of a sudden you're going to find the best person that you've ever found that is going to be perfect for you within two weeks. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. Both of the people that I mentioned earlier, it took years to truly get that connection because first you establish relationship. You find similarities and likes and dislikes. You start being able to serve together and then 
the switch turns on and you truly are connected because ultimate ultimate connection comes through serving in God's kingdom ultimate connection so after you've spent time with this person they're obviously grounded in Jesus have a passion for Jesus you know that there is good connection then number three start serving start serving connection ultimately happens when we serve the king so those are those three practical thoughts of what it means to find renewal in the spirit we need each other find a person or a group of people whatever it is and start spending time with them intentional time I don't I don't know what you have to cut out in your life to make that happen but it is so important so father I pray for those listening today that they would find a person or a group of people that they can connect with that they can find regular time to meet together to have fun with to share burdens with to pray with to read your word with father we need each other and we need to serve you together be with your people now this week continue to work in their lives and remind them that you are for them that when they enter into that relationship with you they are the head they're not the tail they are the first they're not the last God, your favor be upon him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Nexus Church family, for joining us today. And we'll see you again real soon.